Jack Act of the Track. we never left it's another episode of the podcast that no one asked for as always we've got a jam-packed episode for you today and a fun one but we'll get that into that in a little bit uh as always i'm joined by my co-host jordan pensabene and kyle george um guys this week was another hectic one for me um middle of the week i was able to get to my first wrestling show in many years uh, went to AEW Dynamite last night in Rochester. Probably one of the best wrestling shows I've ever been to, excluding uh, WrestleMania 29 at MetLife Stadium. Um, there was so much stuff packed into the first hour. I saw, you know, legends like Sting, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and Jake the Snake Roberts. Like, obviously, they weren't wrestling, but they were, you know, with people who were wrestling. Um, I was able to see Brian Danielson and CM Punk and Adam Cole. This is all in the first hour. It was Kenny Omega. It was just a very awesome night. Um, I had a blast. Um, life's going good right now. People are telling me that I look happy, so that's a compliment that I fully embrace. Uh, Jordan, how you been, man? Uh, good. You know, living life, working like a dog. No pun intended. Right. I work with dogs and, you know. My other job too, working like crazy, just you know, enjoying life, staying positive, you know, doing all the fun stuff that I, you know, enjoy doing, just chilling out, relaxing, day drinking, crazy, day drinking, and your day drinking, your day drinking when I can. Uh, yesterday was was fun. I had a couple of day drinks outside. Dogs got to play in the yard. I watched uh, soccer on my laptop while they played in the yard. Beautiful. Um, October is going to be a hectic month for me because you know baseball playoffs start up. And hockey starts right back up, too. Make sure you guys are watching MLB and NHL Network for all your coverage of baseball and hockey. I got to get that <laughs> plug in. Kyle, how you doing, brother? Bro, I'm living the dream, fellas. Just, I don't even know. I haven't had alcohol in two weeks because I had a horrible hangover. And uh, it was like one of those hangovers that you go, I'm never going to drink again. And then you actually follow through with it. Um but I'm think I'm thinking this weekend might be the might be the time to get a you know a couple bevies, get some pizza, chill out, have a good time. Um, but we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. I I I'm currently not going to the Jets game this Sunday, not not because they stink, but that you know that doesn't help, obviously. <laughs> uh, but but you know you know I I don't know. Living life, guys. That's that's really all I got. Well, speaking of the Jets, um, I think we'll start out the show with a little Jets. Heavy info here. Um, we've got our special guest and our new contributor weekly. Um, our new segment, everybody's favorite person missing from the timeline. We've got Keats, man of Keats Heats, bringing you the flames in regards to what's going on with the Jets. What's going on, man? Hey, guys. How you been? Appreciate having me on. Keats Heats! We're, yeah. we're living... We're living. We're uh, trying not to let the Jets affect us too much. Um, you know, some of us are better at that than others, uh, but we keep moving on. So uh, first thing I got for you, Keats, obviously, um, you know, we heard your takes on Corey Davis and Joe Douglas. So we don't want to, you know, go in a circle here. But, you know, so far through three weeks, 
Um, obviously, it's not what I expected from this team. Um, so what are your your what's your heat uh, when it comes to the first three weeks for the Jets and going into week four against the Titans? Uh, well, the, definitely. Thanks for having me on the uh, I would say the biggest person has the most heat's got to be like you guys know, our offensive coordinator. Uh, Matt LaFleur. I really actually like uh, Salah, you know, I will say other than last week, the team has really competed the first three weeks. So that's all you can ask. Uh, but when our offense is not scoring any points, it's really hard to be kind of happy with the progression of the season so far. So going probably into week four, I would say it's LaFleur, um, as you guys all know, making, helping Zach out a lot, fixing the O-line protection and uh, trying to score some points, man. These three to six point games are not the most fun to watch. Yeah, I mean anything, anything, not anything that they could score this week and then kick kick the extra point. They're already scoring more than they average per game with their nice six points per game through three games. So, uh, uh, let's see, Jordan, you got a question for Keats? Yeah, Keats. Um, I know uh, how you feel about this offense. And about Lafleur, but what about Zach Wilson so far? What are your thoughts on him? I would say I'm pleasantly surprised in some areas about Zach. Um, one, he's a confident, tough kid, uh, which I didn't know. I really didn't like. I said when I came on the first time, I really didn't watch much BYU, uh, so I don't know. I didn't know much about him until this year. Uh, but he's just struggling. What I worry about is the same thing that honestly, all our young quarterbacks go through is he's getting hit too much and now he's doubting himself. And the big thing is when he goes and does make the plays like week one passed to Moore uh, in Denver, that sick play he made to uh, Davis, our receivers aren't catching the ball. And those little plays are what builds your confidence. But every time he kind of makes that play to get the team inspired, the guys that we need to make the plays on the other end aren't. Like there hasn't been, I really... I guess the only one would have been week one when he made his first touchdown pass where they really kind of connected where he was able to scramble and, you know, make an awesome pass. Like Moore dropped that sick pass. Um, Davis has been dropping passes like crazy, man. And so I would have to say I'm pleasantly surprised about Zach, but he's still got to cut down on the turnovers. Like last week, even with his kind of dink and dunk style he was doing, in the end he still had that terrible – interception kind of just forcing it into more uh, or excuse me davis so he's got a lot to kind of improve on but he has looked the part so far yeah, it's kind yeah. of crazy when you think about it you know in, in byu he threw a total of like what seven interceptions his entire college career and he's already thrown seven interceptions you know through three games in the nfl so that's kind of just crazy when you think about that because we always talk about that right keats like sam darnold when he's coming to the league they you know turnovers he was turnover prone in college so when he come to the league he was turning it over again. So people are like, well, that's what you expect. But you never really see the guys in college. You just don't. The same thing with Trevor, right? Trevor never turned it over. And it's just like one of those weird things when, you know, the the exact opposite happens where a tur- like a turnover list QB ends up becoming a freaking turnover machine in the first couple of games. I mean, granted, he might end the season with, you know, only throwing three more picks. You know, that, that means seen. But still, it's kind of crazy when you see that kind of opposite effect. It is, but and also we don't get the balance out of his highlight plays because the plays that he ha- he has made when the receivers drop it, you know, they don't go back and rewatch those. So if you're not watching the game, you're not realizing that yeah. uh, the passes he has been making, and that helps. Um, but what I worry is we're really just 
putting the entire offense on Zach. And a lot of our offense is dictated on over-the-middle plays, and, you know, they're just sitting on those routes. So LaFleur, he's he's got to really step up because um, I don't see an offensive coordinator yet from him. I mean, if you look at Salah, he's got probably the worst secondary in the NFL playing at a above-average level, strictly off coaching and preparation. And if Salah – or excuse me, if LaFleur can even just get an average effort from the O-line and a better play schemes – I mean, we're not going to make the playoffs, but there's no reason we can't win seven games or at least compete. Like step one is let's like start competing and actually yeah. scoring touchdowns. Absolutely. And that's just falls strictly on the OC. Um, you know, he's got to figure out this O-line and he's got to figure out quickly because, I mean, what's going to happen is Zach's going to start getting hit and he's just going to go right into a shell like Sanchez did. Yep. Yo, you yeah. made a great point, by the way, with the the uh, defensive uh, the defense playing way above what we thought they would. By the way, because if you looked at every single one of these games, they could have easily won each one if the offense at least put some effort out there. The reason this, the the score on both of the last two games was you know in the twenties, right? Is because the defense was out on the field for what felt like I don't even know forty five minutes almost because they were just getting. The, the Jets offense would come out, they'd go three and out, or they'd go, you know, a four play drive and then it would stall or whatever, you, whatever may have you. Right. So then, then the defense would have to come out and then you'd have, you know, Denver running the ball for 14 plays down the field. Uh, and then they would score. Right. So that, that was kind of like a, a great point you made where we're getting this incredible above average effort from, from the defense. And if you have, you know, that offense turn out maybe 17 to 20 points, they're probably, you're probably two and one, or maybe even, you know, three and oh through the season at this point, consider, unless, you know, it, if you take away some of Zach's turnovers, but that, that's, that's really the point I'm trying to make is if you get an above average effort, you're going to start seeing the, the games. And I, I think this weekend that, that there's a chance they could turn it around. You know, Titans are banged up coming into that game. Uh, they're going to be without the top two receivers and uh, their defense is bottom third in the league. So if the offense doesn't get going, you know, this weekend, oh, man, it's it's going to get real ugly for LaFleur real quick. And, and Kyle, to touch to, to kind of piggyback on what you were saying there, and the, the Titans' <laughs> O-line has is, is not been good this year. They've been, they've been um, so terrible. Is, I think Tannehill, like to, to continue what you're saying, I think Tannehill's been hit almost yes. just as much as Zach in over the over the course of the three three games that have been played. They, they yes. don't look good this year, to be honest. No, and and this is a prime time for the Jets. Maybe you know I don't. It's hard to call it a get right game for the Jets because usually the Jets are a get right game for teams. Yeah. But like with Julio and AJ Brown possibly missing this game. Um, and if the Jets could just show some offense, you know, and it's crazy to think, like, like even I agree with what Kyle said. Like, if we had some offense in any of these three games, there's – no, and I mean in the aspect of – because, like, I'm not yeah. typically positive when it comes to the Jets. Like, like if they had some offense, they very well could be 2-1 and one or 3-0. They, yeah. they really could. There's no reason that they – Zach doesn't play so badly in that game against the Patriots, they easily win that game. There's no yeah. doubt in my mind. Like The yeah, funny absolutely. thing about uh, – about the situation this week is that it's going to take our entire wide receiver core being injured for them to finally elevate Mims. And I'm not the biggest Mims guy, but I will say this about him. He's the exact type of receiver that Zach needs. Zach yeah. needs tall yes. guys to fight yep. for wins. Yeah. All we're doing, like 
I don't know if you saw one of those plays on someone shared it where we ran a play on like third and four where we had all three of our small yeah. wide receivers and run a crossing route. And it's like, are we, it just gave me images of Brian Schottenheimer. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, w- I do like this week's going to be kind of interesting if Moore's hurt, Crowder's hurt. Um, I don't know. Maybe Cole. Crowder's I don't supposed know the rest to be back, back though. Yeah. yeah. Crowder's back this week. If it I feel like we've been saying to, that for two weeks now. <laughs> yeah, I think Crowder is uh, – but if it forces them to elevate Mims, like if he can take advantage of this situation, yep. um, he can – I mean, just earn your keep because he's exactly yeah. the type of receiver we need. Just fight for balls because it's yeah. – as much as – it's hard to always hit guys like um, Moore and Barrios because they're yeah. just – they're not the type of receiver. They're more of a – they need guys like Davis and Mims to space yeah. everything out so then Moore can come in and attack. <laughs> The but. Davis, the, the Davis thing is kind of annoying too, because like he was so he was very reliable when he was in Tennessee, yeah. and he kind of said yeah. it today, which I thought was an interesting quote where he was like, you know, there's a lot of like pressure on me, kind of not like there was in Tennessee because I had yep. AJ Brown there, and I, you know, I had other weapons around me, I had Derrick Henry there, so they didn't need to rely on me. These guys kind of need to rely on me. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He, so, he reminds, know, I mean, remember when we got Braylon? Braylon couldn't catch anything, yeah. and he reminds oh, me a lot God. of Braylon. And, but I. I Corey, I will at least say he's a team guy and he accepts yeah. his role. And yeah. you know, he just got to make. If he start, it's the same as Zach. If he starts making one or two of those plays, the confidence yeah. comes. And, and that's yes. what I just feel like our team has has been lacking on the yeah. offensive side is that one play where it's not where the game is over. It's in the first or second quarter where Zach makes the play and they yeah. actually c- catch the ball. Yeah, and they're like, holy. Yeah. Sh- you know, like, oh, my God, this is the dude Holy we shit, have. we're is in it? the red zone. He didn't – like that that play against Denver where Zach rolled out, threw it down yeah. the field. They would have been yeah. on, like, the, I think the eight or nine-yard line. I think it was yeah. the line. It was, it was there. Exactly. Yeah. And another thing is, like, if you watch, like, Denver, we're the only team that doesn't use the deep ball as a defensive pass interference weapon. No. Everyone yeah, else right. in the NFL, it's, their offense is, I'm going to throw a bomb, you're either going to catch it, or it's going to get – like, LaFleur is – I think he's got to take a step back look in the mirror and say, I don't have Aaron Rodgers and I don't have Kyle Shanahan. I can't utilize my, my brother does or my former mentor. I have to figure the guys I have, I might not, I might hate Mims. He might not be able to run any routes, but there's no reason when you cannot score to have a guy, at least that looks like Mims, not running routes. The yeah. team isn't you good can't enough. can't convince for... me that. Yeah. yeah. If I'm you're talking enough, about the Packers right. or you're talking about, the Saints or or the the Bucks. Yeah. I'll listen to it all day. We're the, we can't score a touchdown. Yeah. All hands on deck. Yeah, I want to touch. We're not on running the... plays to Croft or whatever our tight ends are. Like get rid of those Damn guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, Kenny Kenny Aboa, after scoring two touchdowns, the Jets really thought he wasn't talented enough to make that exactly. rotation. That guy. That's that guy another literally player went, that yeah, he make you call up yards in a hundred yards in a preseason game, guys, and two touchdowns. That's like. That's like unheard of because guys don't get that much playing time, right? Like that's just like insane. it can't legit. It can't get any worse. So why not yeah, just try like, something else? Like that, it's not like first of all, you you roll out like the problem with the Jets' offense. Not only is just the offensive line, right? Like that's just abysmal. That like I've never seen such a poor you know, display of good talented guys put together on the field, right? They're, the the Jets' offensive line. You read their names, right? You should sit here and say, wow, they should not be you know, letting up, you know, 60% of the pressure in the game on, on, on Zach's dropbacks. They, like you just wouldn't think that because you got Morgan Moses, you got Elijah Vera Tucker, you had, you had uh, Makai out there and they just don't look like they've gelled at all, which I think uh, Salah 
uh, alluded to in one of the pressers recently. He says he's just, you know, not he, he doesn't think they're gelling the way they, you know, were expecting or whatever, something like that. I can't remember the exact quote. I'd have to find it. But the other problem now is you're funneling the offense through Corey Davis, who's now with no number two. This has always been the problem with the Jets, right? They never had a number one, never had a number one. Now they got a number one. They don't have a number two. Who's the number two? That, He's playing that in Carolina. Exactly, and that, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing is, so yeah. the defense is going to sit here and say, well, we know he's getting the ball. He's the number one, and then the number twos aren't good enough to be number twos running out there. Like Elijah Moore, no offense, Elijah Moore hasn't even solidified himself that, as a number four. That's he's the not point even, I was going to make. I, I'm he's not, not even, he's not even a number out. four in my opinion, and you have Mims, right, who, who when he comes in is only making plays. Uh <clears throat> I, I think at this point you just gotta you gotta throw away that pride and just throw him out on the field and see like I'm, I'm a big prove it guy right if you if you are judging based on practice and you're not giving him real life game situations to go out and prove because everybody elevates on game day there's just another yeah. gear you switch into practice is practice you're going about 75 80 percent you can tell me he has a good practice all he wants whatever or he has a bad practice all he wants but when he's out on game day is he making plays is he is he running great routes is he crisp does he know what he's doing that's the other thing is i think lafleur and and Salah are kind of doing that stubborn shanahan way where they're just kind of like oh know the playbook know the playbook you'll get your turn whatever that's just ridiculous get the guy on the field you you put him on the field you're immediately drawing attention he's six what is he six four he runs a four four and the irony that's, is, he has the uh, longest completion. I think the biggest play of the Jets yeah. this year is uh, yeah. is Mims. Exactly, <laughs> he's and, deactivated. And, and you, you put him out there, right? He's going to by size and speed. He's going to garner the respect of the defense. The defense already comes out here. They know a that offensive line's trash, and then they know that outside of Corey Davis, who's catching the ball, who's running those routes, that's going to get open. They're, they're not scared. They're, they're scared. And they also know that everything's going to be fifteen yards and in. So they yep. just man up, blitz yeah. the hell out of Zach. And we have it, it's just frustrating about LaFleur as I just see Brian Schottenheimer. I see the same just same way he came up in the NFL. I mean he might he he might be a good guy, but this job is a little it's, bit too big for him and he he hopefully will improve throughout the year. Because right now he's not ready. And you can yeah. tell Sala has been a defensive coordinator based on he has taken kind of the same quality of talent on the defense, and they look well coached. I mean, they're yeah. still not elite, but they're not making they're not in, making dumb, embarrassing plays where the offense is just a, a comedy of errors. Like it's either our our quarterback's getting drilled, we have no running game, or when he runs for his life, they they drop the ball, and that's that's strictly all coaching. Uh, so that yes. that's obviously going for the first three weeks, as we alluded to, you know, that's the hotbed topic. Cause it, if it stays like this, you can't bring LaFleur back, but it's going to be tough. Cause that's his best friend's little brother. Right? Yeah. That's, that's the, the problem that... though. When you hire, when you hire friends, right? That is the exact yeah, problem. 10 crack commandments. And, 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 and <laughs> the, the thing with, with friends is that, you know, you have to have that level of respect, level of brotherliness and whatever, but when they let you down, that's a new one. When they let you down, what do you do? Like when yeah. they when they don't fulfill their end of the deal, what do you do, right? And that's going to be the situation. And then Keats, I think you nailed that, right? That's going to be the situation Sal is going to be in. Is like that's like a great friend to him. He's great friends with his brother, right? If, if by you know nine games, ten games in, the, the offense is still averaging six points per game. You have to make very, very challenging and tough decisions, which honestly, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that on anyway. 
but yeah. at the same time, maybe his brother will be like, listen, I understand. Maybe it's not your time yet, my man. Like that's that's the thing. Um, but yeah. also the 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 other thing I want to point out, and I'll let everybody else speak, but like the passing of Greg Knapp, right? I think that was affecting yep. the offense way more than people want to admit, right? You had that veteran presence on offense. That he was the that passing guy, game coordinator. He was the passing game yeah. coordinator. He if he was there, right? I feel like that offense would have probably been way ahead of its time, or way ahead of where it is now. Um, and and I just think that that's uh, that's just not being felt. Uh, that's not being understood. Yeah. I mean, right now. I, I me, think. Um, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead I, I didn't want to call. I'm not. I don't want this to be like I'm calling out Elijah Moore, and I know right now he has a head injury. But like, for everything we heard all training camp, and I mean, I know it wasn't him. I mean, it was just his play on the field, and it was other players around the league, and the media. It's like I understand you're a rookie, but like, where is it? Yeah. That's the that thing. Is. Like, like we were expecting explosive plays, and we're not getting it. We were seeing these long passes downfield. We're not getting it. Um, and and that may come back to the play calling, sure. Uh, but I mean, the Jets are. I can't remember who's first, but I know for a fact that the Jets are second in the league in drops, and Moore has some of them. Um, you can't help out your young rookie quarterback when you're dropping footballs, especially when it's big. It's plays for positive yardage. Um, on money down too, uh, they've had drops on third down, um, you know, so through three weeks, that's kind of where we are, um, you know, so I wanted to also touch on, you know, we've talked about, you know, could, could this be one and done for Lafleur because of how things are going if, if the offense doesn't turn around, um, and we've kind of touched on the defense a little bit, so I want to stick there a little bit um, because somehow, some way, like you guys have mentioned, Sala has this team is 10th in, in the league in yards, which that's how I look at, at defenses anymore. It's not points allowed because, I mean, offenses in this league are scoring. I mean, the other offenses in this league are scoring points at yeah. will. Um, but for this team with, you know, we were like, who who's the starting corners? Who's getting the edge yeah. rush? What other linebackers are playing uh, next to Mosley? This team is 10th in yards right now in the defense, and I couldn't be more thrilled with what Sala and Ulbrich are doing there. Um, and I wanted to just touch on it just a little bit uh, because I, you know, while we're, we're we're focusing on how bad the offense is, I, I want to give them their praise like you guys did um, because it, it, it is impressive with, with no names in the secondary. The I other mean, other thing, than May. That's, Paulie, that's the, the thing, thing you want to point out is uh, the secondary has not allowed a touchdown. That's – like that, yeah, just, that's really ridiculous. That's insane to me for a bunch of guys where we said all training camp, we said all training camp, like these corners are a liability. These are not. And Salah said, we know what we're doing over here, right? That's that's what's that was what is so impressive. And through uh, three games, they are the most impressive unit on the field is the cornerbacks. They're, they don't they don't let up big completions. Um, they keep everything in front of them. They make sound tackles. Um you know, what more can you ask for? And the same thing with the linebacking unit. I think I think we were a little more concerned about the linebacking unit, but they've been they've been great. Um, and then you know they, I think last week they got gashed up pretty pretty uh, heavily on the run, but they you know they were still making tackles right in the open field, which is a lot more than you can ask for. Uh, Jordan, the, you're going to say something. I'll yeah, let you go. I would say that's the frustrating part is the team doesn't look bad. It's just the offense just looks lost when it's on yeah. the field yes i don't need to point. see i know i don't need to see uh a running play on the on first down ever again that's all i see every single play it's a half back five straight runs either in a row 
Bro, Sixers, it, like, it's, it, it's annoying because they have pieces there. Like, Moore is talented. Corey Davis is talented. Ty Johnson and Michael Carter are very talented running backs. Wilson is obviously talented. It's just not coming together, and it falls on, like Keats, Paulie, and Kyle, you've all said, falls on the floor. And if it continues for seven for the next, what, 14 weeks, yeah, he has to go. And, you know, a lot of people um, – I saw Sal say, you know, he thinks the floor is doing a great job, but they're going to be for improvement. What else people is he supposed to say? Yeah, exactly. What else is supposed to say? He's like, oh, this guy sucks. You know, I want him fired. Like, no, come on, give me a break. I'm sure I can always guarantee it because this is what – happens with teams is he pulled him aside and was like hey you need to step your shit up i can get yeah, it the, the thing with salah is he's always been accountable if you ever listen to him talk he's always about accountability you're gonna tell me that because you heard one quote from him that this guy doesn't know what he's doing like exactly it, 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 i get it it's fr- it's frustrating and it's annoying because the jets are 0-3 and they've looked bad pretty much all three of those games but it's like it's there it's just not gelling and you know maybe that's part of a rebuild team because the team is fairly young you know, young quarterback, you got young young receivers, you got young running backs, you got young talent everywhere. And you can see in the defense, because that's Salah's strength, you know, the defense is there. The defense is, is playing very well, as, you know, Paulie and Kyle have attested to. Maybe it's going to come with the offense. Maybe it's just going to be a little bit later. And, you know, obviously scoring – for me, like scoring zero points in the NFL in 2021 is, like, almost impossible. And I agree. I think uh, I think Paulie – no, I think Keita said it about throwing the ball downfield and drawing, like, pass interference penalties. I don't care how you move the ball down the field. Just move the ball down the field. I don't care. I don't care if you get three pass interference penalties in a row. If that works for you, that works for you. I think I don't care. You have weapons there. You use them properly. Like, I, it's it's very annoying and very frustrating as a Jets fan, and I know we can all attest to this, that there's talent here, and it's just not being put to use, and it falls on, it falls on the floor. And, you know, hopefully this week – they're going up against a defense that's not good. I believe like 26 DVOA overall. If I'm not mistaken, they're not good. They're not a fundamentally sound defense from what I watched. Especially in week one against Arizona, they look awful. Um, no, possibly no AJ Brown, possibly no Julio Jones, which could give the defense a little bit of a break. Get pressure on Tannehill. Contain, try and contain Derrick Henry as much as you can. You know, maybe the Jets can squeak out a, squeak out a win if they get their shit together on offense. And, and I, I think they can. I think this might be a good get-right game, right? I think we'll – remember if we all remember Sam Darnold's rookie year, they started off with that win in Detroit, and then they went 0-3 after that, right? So they you know they turned that ship around. I think that you're going to see kind of a similar thing here. I don't I don't think they're going to go, you know, 3-3, three and three, right? I think they're going to – they might get a win um, against Tennessee, and I think they might beat Atlanta. Atlanta doesn't look good at all. I think Matt Ryan's kind of cooked. I think he's toast. Um, and they're, you know, why, why draft Kyle Pitts and then you don't even throw him the ball, right? That's kind of the, don't even get me started with that, Kyle. Don't even get me started with that. I, I won that trade, by the way. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, by the way. Start with that. I, I was glad I offloaded him. I knew he was just going to take up roster space. Um, but you know, that, <laughs> oh, the Jets, what's the, what's the Jets, excuse with the rest of your roster? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I think the Jets geez. are fortunate, by the way. The Jets are very fortunate they have an early buy because that, that buy could be the remedy, right? That buy could be the. If they go into that buy two and three, right? That that could be that could be huge for them going forward. They build off that yeah. momentum. Um, they correct things during that that week off. They understand what the mental errors are. Because sometimes, you know, we talk about this stuff a lot, right? Like, think about your like, you you go from the games on Sunday, and then you know you come in the in Monday, you have the film, and then you have to sit here and try to correct this within 
you know, five days before you get back on the field, right? That's that's a lot to ask um, in general. Like, I, I I don't know how many adults can, can kind of remedy a situation that quickly. I mean, in my line of work, sometimes stuff takes two to three days just to get a freaking email back, right? Like, that's kind of that's kind of how that's just kind of how life is, right? So uh, I think that buy comes at the right time, and if they can kind of get that thing steamrolled, they can uh, they can really take this home. Um, we should probably uh, move on from this topic. I think we've, we've yeah, probably, it's enough Jets talk. It's enough. That's Jets enough talk. Jets talk from this podcast, Paulie. I'll, I'll segue this one. I'll segue this. Oh, one. all right. <laughs> Let's. Uh, you look tired. I wanted to give you a give you a breather. I you am know? tired. Not gonna lie. So I appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, um, giving me giving me some uh, some bench time. You know, it's not tired. GEZ's new album. Paulie and I have had the pleasure of diving into it. First of all, I just want to give everyone a disclaimer. I thought GEZ kind of fell off. I was kind of a big fan of him early on. I thought he, you know, I thought he started stinking it up a bit. And I was just like, oh, this guy's just a generic rapper. Uh, but if you would tell me at the beginning of the year that GEZ would drop a better album than Drake, I would have laughed you in the face. And you know what? He goddamn did. Let me tell you why. Uh, this past weekend, he dropped the sequel uh, to his original debut LP, These Things Happen. He dropped These Things Happen 2. Uh, and it is about – give me one second. I want to get the official number of how many tracks it is. It's 19, 19 tracks. Um, and, Paulie, I don't know about you, but I did not find a single skip on here um, – First, let's get, let's before I get into my thoughts, I could probably go on for an hour with this, but let me get your thoughts on the album. Let's get a quick rundown for you. So for me, um, this is a little difficult because I have to disclaimer this uh, because <laughs> everybody knows how big of a Halsey fan I am, which means you know Who's I'm that boy. If you don't, so I'm supposed to hate G Easy. Um, for obvious reasons, uh, because of how he was to her and all this, but biased aside, um, Kyle told me the album was fire, and I said, "Okay, well, if Kyle's saying it's fire, let me listen to make sure he's not just." Most saying people don't that. do that, by the way. <clears throat> when yeah. I give a, a, a critique, people just ignore it. They're just like, "All right, whatever, you know, just move on." No, I respect. I res the only and and I want to preface this with this is not a shot, but I will always listen to everybody's music opinions except for Juice. Um, so I listened to the album. <laughs> he listen, he thought four 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 was a bad album, so that yeah, that was like, night, but we won't get into so. That. He also has so, Baby Shark in his daily playlist. Like, I mean, yeah. you're discredited. You're and discredited. he has no child, no child. Um, this album, man. Um, I I agree. Um, no skips. There are a few tracks that have references to Halsey too, and you know they you might not catch them if you don't know the story. Uh, but I obviously certainly did. Um, you know, there's there's some deep tracks in there um, where he gets deep when he talks about, you know, his his battle with, you know, still having to rely on drugs and his friendship with Mac and, and losing Mac Miller. Um, you know, for me, um, I tried, Kyle, when I knew we were going to talk about this to like narrow it down to like three songs that are my favorite. Um, it's hard. That, it is very hard. But I think um, Origami is, is one of yeah. my favorites. Um, be, I, I really like the production on that and, and, and the delivery. Um, Speed uh, is a super catchy track. So um, good. Such a great track, which might be my favorite. Um, then, you know, Want to Be Myself is a really dope track um, as well. That's that's a really deep track, like I said. Um, and then I Me, My, I, Me and Myself is kind of um, a twist on, you know, the big hit he had with Halsey, which was Me, Myself, and I. Um, 
which you can kind of tell he's he's you know saying it's I me and myself now um than 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 them um but just just all in all like I like and this is gonna come from me Kyle and this this might floor you and Jordan and Keats because I mean we're in the group chats together and you know how I feel about Drake and his last album and how I liked it more than other people and this pains me to say this about Jeezy but I, I like this album more than Certified Lover Boy, and and wow. that's 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 the God's honest take for me, man. That's that's honestly, you know, that's that's fair because that coming from you, that means um, a lot because, um, you know, you were very adamant about Certified Lover Boy. I was like, you know, always saying I didn't think it was a great track. I didn't think it was a good album. Whatever that and the third. But um, it's funny when you listen off your favorite tracks on this album because two of them are actually up there for me. So Speed, um, uh, these, the uh, Origami is up there. Uh, these things happen too. The title track is absolutely yeah. stellar. It, it starts the album off um, with a bang, in my opinion. I thought it was an absolutely great intro where it's, uh, it's a bit of braggadocious um, along with a little bit of introspective. And one thing I really liked about this uh, album overall, right, G-Eazy's 29, so uh, that was weird for me. He's the same age as me, and I swear to God, this dude looks like he's 50. Um, but that's what all the alcohol and drugs does to you guys. Like you, that's, <laughs> um, but what's, cra- Speak for yourself, what's, what's, crazy, <laughs> what's crazy about this album is I did not expect, cause we, we, we've heard the last couple of Jeezy albums. He wasn't very introspective. He's very, he's just kind of doing that, um, uh, mainstream kind of stuff where he was just trying to make pop records that would just make him a lot of money. And that's what people do, right? They make when they get famous, they want to just keep making the money. They, they keep making the songs that make them money. I did not expect him to kind of take a step back and then decide to really dive into his issues and talk through uh, some of the things he's facing. Uh, I really did not expect him to go deeper than the surface, right? Like that's something that I, I like how open he was. Very open. And you don't like it's kind of open. rare. It's yeah. kind of rare with these artists nowadays where you're he just he very much opens up about what his demons are and and you get that a lot through and, and don't get me wrong there are a lot of braggadocious songs on here right oh, like yeah. he, he he will talk his that's shit, always like, been him so he, yeah. he stayed true to himself but but gave us gave us something new more open that you're like yeah. man so like he is going through it and yep. i mean he even talked about and he, he he this is the first time that he's actually acknowledged the whole you know the cheating on halsey and he's but and he was open about it on a track so yeah. like you know he's kind of uh, in previous songs, he's had a few songs that come out about her where he's blamed her for everything. Um, and, and this was kind of a little bit away from that where he did take some ownership. So, um, you know, for me to to kind of dislike him and, and come back and listen and enjoy, um, I think that's a credit to him because, again, I told I, you know how I feel towards him. So yeah. for him to be able to do that to me and bring me back and have me like an album um, – I, I that I have nothing else to say towards it. Yeah, I mean, I just didn't expect this much growth from him as an artist in yeah. terms of, and and the the other thing that I want to point out is the production is is very well done in this album. Like it's, uh, it it felt like it was curated for a very long time. Like this album did not feel like one of those uh, three weeks and they they pumped out an album and called it a day. Right, this felt like something he's been working. And they showed behind the scenes. I don't know if you've seen the behind the scenes videos. I haven't, but. But they like he was in the studio. They had like big whiteboards and they were kind of talking about the album progression, how they wanted to do it. So you could tell this was like thoughtfully curated and how he wanted to present this to the to the group or to the, the population. When I, saw, right? when I saw 19 tracks, I was a little nervous because, you know, I'm kind I, of on that too. now of long albums. I'm 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 going to check out. 
And uh, I didn't. And I still, I'm listening to it. Like, and obviously I still play CLB a ton. Um, and same with Donda, even though they're super long. But, yeah. like, this has been in the rotation since it dropped. And, and it's an album that I'm going to continue to listen to. It's perfect for the gym. It's perfect for the car. It's perfect. It's perfect, perfect for the gym. Vibing. So, um, I'm very happy with that. But I know there is another album you would like to talk about uh, with an artist that we all think is just absolutely killing it with everything from marketing and PR and handling <laughs> chaos and dropping an album. So 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 steer us in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about this last week because we were we were doing our uh, trivia week. Everyone loved it. I heard uh, we got the great reviews on that. And uh, I wanted to touch on this album because it kind of it kind of came out and it uh, it did numbers. I mean, it, it's doing numbers now. And uh, Lil Nas X's Montero album, debut album. Uh, from Old Town Road country star. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize, and, and, and this may be me being crazy, I thought he released an album with Old Town Road, and I, I, I yeah, found I out so that it was too. an EP. I, was, I thought it was yeah. a full album. So, yeah, this was, so when I saw a debut album, I was like very thrown off, but it makes sense because the other one was an EP. Yeah, that was that was one of those things where his record label wanted him to get something out to kind of capture that momentum from Old Town Road. Um, but you know, it's funny as, is is you go and you listen. So, um, let me, let me first talk about Montero. Let me just get, get into it. Um, for, for a debut album, right. For an initial concept, I, I was actually kind of floored by it. Um, because you know, little Nas X is, he's 22. Um, and I did not expect, you know, a 22 year old. Cause we all remember when we were 22, right. We were, we weren't like, we weren't emote. We no, weren't I was not making albums. I Kyle, I can tell you, I was not making albums at twenty two. You're right. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. I. I <laughs> and the latest hits from Jordan Pensabene. Um. So, <laughs> I. I wasn't expecting him to be so emotionally mature. Talking about, um. You know, his is is open. Like he came recently came out, right? So we had that uh, happen, right? And then he kind of gets into a more introspective talking about it and talks about failed relationships. Talks about um being an openly gay man right like and it, it's kind of that again we're talking about like two like kind of piggybacking off the cheesy album we're kind of getting two introspective albums uh where these artists are just really laying it out and and they're kind of just talking about their their fears their demons the things they're going are struggling with and uh honestly it really it really held up well on this album and and a lot of these songs are are really catchy really well made um i, I just want to I'm going to list off my favorite couple of songs. I don't know um, if anybody else has any favorite songs, but I'm going to start off with, first well, of all, I, I think this, I haven't listened to it in full. I've listened to Ooh. some tracks and that's, I know that's, that's a fail on me. Um, I, I've, for some reason I've been so busy during the day that I haven't been able to play music while I'm working, which is not my routine. So I've missed, I'm behind on a few albums. So, um, you know, but we'll get into a discussion about Little Nas X and how genius he is, and I know I want to get Keats in. On yeah, that, but we definitely we'll go want back to, talk to your about song that, for sure. But uh, so the 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 album opens up with kind of two out of the three songs were kind of the mega hits, right? We had Montero and then you know uh, Industry Baby. So those were those are the kind of the buttery smooth opening tracks. But the album uh, he he starts off with Dead Right Now, which I think is a fantastic track talking about past relationships, and it's kind of a monotone sound, monotone voice, but he's really selling it. Very good, catchy beat, great production, right? And then he goes into one of my favorite songs I've heard this year. Uh, that's what I want. I don't know if you guys have heard it, um, Love it. but it's yes, yeah, it's that so, song so, I have heard. That song is a, yeah. 
it's a banger, right? And yeah. it's just so catchy and, and, and it's so funny. My girlfriend started because I sing it all the time. My girlfriend started singing it like next to me today. He's like, ah, ah, I heard that, I heard that, right? And then uh, and then it goes into Scoop, which I was uh, I've heard him tease right for a long time. Um, and it was one of those tracks where you know you know when an artist teases a track, and you're like, oh, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna vibe to that. That song came on, I was like, ooh. I was dancing, twerking in the gym, whatever. You know what it is. Um, hey, listen, I am not ashamed to dance in the gym. I do no, it all me the either. time. If no, I'm feeling I'm... good and I'm getting a good workout in, you're going to see me dancing in the corner for some reason because the music's vibing. I'm feeling great. That's what happens. Jordan, don't don't make that face. Don't make that face. You haven't don't, stepped foot in the gym. Don't hate fun, Jordan. Don't hate fun. The only I, gym I you've stepped not. into is, is Jim Beam. Yeah, no, don't. Yeah, so what? No, I don't respect respect my respect my privacy. Respect my privacy. Respect my decisions. Me and Jim Beam get along great. Yeah. But, um, so the the thing with this album, by the way, is it starts off very high and uh, a lot of um, high BPM tracks early on, and then it kind of it kind of uh, mellows out towards the end, where you start getting more of those um, very very deep, slow, introspective tracks, where he's really laying into. He's talking about um, himself, you know all the past relationships. Where does he go from now? How is he dealing with fame? Um, overall, right. and I, I feel like we should have given ratings, by the way. By the way, I want to give my g rating. I give g an 8.5 8. out of 10. I give Montero a 9 out of 10. Um, Paulie, you didn't listen to it. Jordan, did you listen to it? Yeah, Can I give my g rating? Yeah, give your g give me, give me your damn g uh, fucking take number. Now, you said what for g I said 8.5. I feel like that's got. It was a nine because when it when it came out, it was like, oh my god, it's so good, and then I kind of settled on an eight and a half. I am going to give it a nine. Wow, I respect and that. Like, like I said, it's just I there's there's nothing I can hate about it. Like even even the content that I should hate about it, I don't because it, it's part of the story that he's telling. So right. it's it, I give it a nine, and I'm thoroughly and very impressed. Awesome. That's great. Now, Jordan, have you uh, ha- have you listened to Little Nas X's latest? Yeah, album? I, I I um I thought it was it was a fun album. Um, I, you kind of like hit the nail on the head, Kyle. So I don't get too much into it because I don't want to be repetitive. I thought honestly, he he did a great job with the features. Like picking yeah. the features, I thought Elton John was fantastic. I my favorite track on the album is um is with Miley Cyrus, the "Am I Dreaming?" One. The the last song was I thought was yeah. really well done. I'm a big you know Miley Cyrus fan when she's on, like on features and stuff like that. I think she's very very talented. Yes. Um, I, I loved um all the features that he put on there. Yeah, I thought he picked the right ones. Obviously, Meg Thee Stallion on there, Dolla Sign Slime was. There's a lot know, of big names on here, by the yeah, way. Like, I, mean, I think he did a for for a debut album. I thought he did a fantastic job with that. I, I thought I, I wasn't expecting much. I like obviously uh, you like the bangers from Lil Nas X, Lil Nas X, like Montero and you know Industry Baby and you know. Uh, old time Raw and all that stuff, but I thought like the rest of the album was very. I was very presently surprised because I went into it like, all right, you know, it's gonna be, nah. Like I, I wasn't expecting much. I really wasn't. I wasn't expecting it to be. I thought the rollout he did was fantastic. I don't care what other people say. Yeah. Genius, bro. I thought it, I thought He's it was so, so good. He, I can't wait was, to get Keith's so take good. on his promo stuff. <laughs> I, I thought it was so good because it, it it got people uncomfortable and it got people talking. And guess what? That's what you have to do for if you want an album roll. You, you're not gonna listen to it because of. How he rolled out the album? No, you're gonna want to. You're gonna. They, people like hate. I could imagine that people hate listening to that album because of the rollout. It's just. It was just. It was a great job by him because he, he doesn't yeah. care. He, he's gonna make you uncomfortable, and that's gonna be what it's gonna be. Um, but overall, the album, I thought it was just. I thought it was very fun. Um, 
of what he did. And, you know, I thought it was a solid, if I had to give it a rating, I would say it would be like an eight out of 10. I, I had no like complaints about it. I didn't think there was too many, what is there? 15 songs. I think it's a perfect amount. Good um, spot. It's a very good yeah. spot. Yeah. Especially for a debut album. You, you don't got to overwhelm people, anything like that. I just thought, like you said, Kyle, there was a good mix of, of bangers that, you know, you can blast in your car. And I thought there was a good, like, solid, like Void is another, I think it's a very underrated track. I thought it was yes. a, a very good one. Um, and Life After, Life After Salem was a, was a very good track, too. So, you know, I just for a debut album, I think he did a great job. I, you know, I'm not, I wasn't expecting much from him. Like, Lil Nas X is somebody who I feel like is just going to put out bangers, like like he did with Industry Baby and, and Montero. I didn't expect him to have other songs, but they were all very well produced, like you said. And, you know, I thought he did a great job for, for his first album, like I said. Hell yeah. Now, now comes the time where I want to get Keats's opinions uh, Keats, we, we kind of put you on the back burner here. We apologize for that. I want to get your a opinion first on GEZ, and then I want to get your opinion on the uh, the marketing genius that is Lil Nas X. Well, <clears throat> GEZ, I, um, I would have to say I'm just not a big fan of GEZ. Um, I just never really liked his music uh, in regards to I never him and Machine Gun Kelly always just came across as guys that didn't know what their image is. And anytime someone comes in as kind of in a rap lane and then tries to change over, I usually don't like that. Um, now, that's one thing I will say, kind of to flip the topic, what I always respected about Post Malone, because I felt like Post Malone uh, was kind of being that kind of GEZ category. Um, and I remember actually you, Kyle, because uh, I'm, I'm uh, you were hyping him up for a long time and I never believed you. And he's someone that kind of has always, he really has always kept true to his sound. And like his last album is incredible. Yes, uh, thank someone you, Keats. That, Hollywood Bleeding is probably uh, one of the la- in the last like five years, one of the most uh, one of the albums I've listened to the most. Like, and oh, I, if is... you told me like five years ago, I would be like, I would never listen to Post Malone. Uh, but not not to get off the topic. But G Easy, he's someone. I think hopefully he found his sound uh, from what you guys have been talking about. It sounds like he did. And maybe he can just reinvent himself into this new person and not feel like he needs to be multiple hats. I think uh, that guy, Machine Gun Kelly, is kind of going in that same gr- directive. But uh, the more important topic is Little Nas X because I see um, just in how he brings, because to me, Little Nas X is the next generation of late teens to early 20s that understand the internet and branding in a way that we especially my age and you guys are younger but even your guys age we didn't really grasp like a 15 to 18 year old already knows how to like brand themselves and little Nas X doesn't need anyone and from his first song of Old Town Road to being smart enough to really it's a country song and it's a rap song and they have to play it everywhere and then to kind of use that and everyone calling him a one-hit wonder, but having enough uh, of him, belief in himself to make his own sound. And this might sound crazy, but I really think he can mold himself into not exactly like, but the same kind of mold that Frank Ocean has. Oh, if Little Nas... And I'm not, I don't mean so much like the music, but I mean if Little Nas can allow himself to keep the industry away from him he really can i I mean it's amazing like he he can create this brand that people will always come back to like anytime frank drops an album 
people are getting it. And I think Little Nas X has it. And the main thing about it, I think he has enough power to make his own way in the industry. And that's what's impressive to me. And that's what I see as a 22-year-old. He, he's already figured out, like, that side and not needing the industry, not needing um, that kind of, like, fake pub. Uh, so he's someone I'm, I've always been impressed with just by his whole kind of creative person. And if he keeps honing his sound and expanding and so much, because I, I see it, like he's someone that, you know, you could see in three or four years completely sounding different, but true to himself, especially as he grows. So he's someone Keith, that he'll be around for a long time, man. Keith, like, what did you think about the, the out, al- like the album rollout itself of Lil Nas X, like the, the, the pregnancy thing and like him kind of, you know, doing that stuff. It, was that for you or is it, that was just, you thought that was to a good me, idea? I, I, it's always a good idea if if you can piss off Fox News. And <laughs> to that, and it, I'm dead serious about this. Like, yeah. look at the shoes that he did, and they pissed off about yes. you know, oh, there's Forgot not there's that, yeah. devils everywhere, and it's like that puts you in a way where now you're getting broadcasted to people that would never know who you are, yeah. and that's his genius. As he yeah. was able, he used his sexuality and he basically was like, I'm going to weaponize this and monetize it. I know you hate it. Why don't I just feed it to you guys to where you now know who I am and everyone knows who he is. Negative publicity is still publicity. Yeah. And I mean, they're talking bad about him. It's still, his name is out there to a whole nother crowd. Like when he was all over Fox news and they were bitching and they were talking about the sneakers and the devil and getting a lap dance. They're still talking about The thing is that's funny is, his first song was so genius that it crossed over into those people's type of music. So yep, yep. then they heard the song and they're like, wait, yeah. is that the guy who my kids were playing in elementary school? Oh, now he's doing this. It, it's, I mean, that's what I yeah. always think is incredible about him. It's like yeah. just how he branded himself so quickly from not just being like, cause he could have easily just been that one hit wonder. Hey, remember that guy who made that old town road song that was like a rap yeah. song and a country. But he manifested all that, yep. and I mean, literally, if he can just keep that, keep the energy, and stay true to himself, and keep that marketing team around him, and don't let the like the the labels get to him, because nowadays you don't even need a label, you know. And right. I mean, he, he'll be here. He's projecting to be someone that's going to be here that you're going to know for the next ten years. He's got to stay in power. He really does. Yes. Yeah, and that's did, hard yeah. to do in this day and age with. You know, music just comes and goes in a, in a way that's never been. I mean, with Spotify and streaming, like, it's yeah. hard to even – I mean, even, like, the big albums of the year, Drake and Kanye, they still yeah. don't even have the the staying power as a as an album that would have came out in the, even the mid-2000s. Now it's just, like, it's good for a week, maybe two, then it buzz dies down, and then it's on to the next one. So it's more how your marketing can stay around. So uh, little Nas yeah. X – He's going to be around here for a long time, man. Yeah, man. I, I agree. Uh, but it's time to get into everybody's. Like, what? I was going to say, that's a Keats Heat music edition. Yeah, right? He's going to be around <laughs> for a long time. That's we, a Keats Heat music edition. We get we give it all here on the podcast that no one asked for. But everyone's favorite segment, the Big Bozo Energy. Um, mine this week is going to be Vince McMahon. Um. 
Vince McMahon has made a lot of money in his career. He put one wrestling company out of business and then got complacent. Um, WWE has been very stagnant and boring for better part of a year and a half, if not more. Um, a couple years ago, uh, talent that he released, talent that they didn't, he didn't think were A-plus players, uh, decided to take the route of getting big on the independent circuit and over in Japan. Um, they then partnered with Tony Khan, who is the son of Jaguars owner Shad Khan, who has money. Uh, provided them with a business plan to Junior. start a, yeah, to start a, a company that Triple H even called a pissant company. That pissant company is now selling out arenas. That pissant company is now, for the first time in twenty years, selling out a twenty-plus seat, twenty thousand-plus seat arena in New York. For the first time ever in twenty years, that a company that wasn't WWE. Um, they are here. Uh, they are beating them in the ratings. They are providing another product. And when this started two and a half, almost three years ago, um, Vince McMahon didn't see it as competition. He fluffed it off for too long. He let so much talent go where the fact that CM Punk is now in AEW, Brian Danielson is now in AEW. Um, other people that WWE misused are in AEW. Um, this company is a breath of fresh air. Um, they embrace their talent and allow them to have a voice. Um, I, like I said at the beginning of the show, I went to um, an AEW show for the first time last night, and I have watched it religiously. Um, and it is the most entertaining wrestling I've seen outside of a WrestleMania. Um, Vince McMahon, your time has come and gone. You do not know what a superstar is anymore. Um, and I don't know if this company is going to put you out of business, um, but this company is going to eventually force you to sell your business if you're still alive at that point. And my big vote is Vince McMahon. He's cooked. He's cooked. Um, big time. Am I up? Am I up? Yeah. You are up, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine is Mike Greenberg. And um, off the simple fact that he said that the judge should fire Robert Sala after three weeks and bring back Rex Ryan. I mean, I don't think I got to say more than that. Mike Greenberg is an idiot. And I'm not afraid to say that. Um, it's, and they, I hate how the media publicize him as this big, like celebrity Jets fan when he's, he's not, he's, a I hate that more than anything, man. Rich Eisen is better. I, yeah, I love Rich Eisen and Rich Eisen also has smart takes for the most part. You know, he's yeah. occasional pretty low. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, Mike Greenberg is a, is a fraud. He's not good. He's not good at his job, but I won't he's get into that good. either. <laughs> um, he's just, he's not, he's not good. Um, he's a fraudulent Jets fan and the media needs to stop, you know, taking his word for what, uh, for his Jets takes and think that the whole Jet fan base agrees with that because if anybody thinks the Jets should fire the coach after three weeks and bring back Rex Ryan, who also wasn't really good at his job, but we won't get into that. Um, yeah, you're, you I mean, you're an idiot. Like, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Like you're, 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 you're a bozo. Yeah, you're a bozo. Thank you, Paul. I should use a <laughs> you're a bozo if you uh, if you honestly think that. Uh, so yeah, my big bozo of the week is Mike Greenberg. Um, yeah, Kyle, over to you. Uh, I had my big bozo two seconds ago, and then I like looked away, and now I forgot. Give me one second. 
Uh, Why don't we toss it to Keats then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let it talk. yeah what Keith, the hell just happened? Let, let Kyle get prepared for the show that we've been recording for 55 minutes. And, uh... <laughs> you know, it's not that. My short-term memory just disappeared for some reason. Right. Oh, I'm going to go I with that. Oh, well, go ahead, Kyle. No, it's now. too late. You can't just throw it to Keats too and then late. take it away from him. You, you, Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to go with uh, Qnon Kyrie Irvin. I mean, this dude, man, like I not no put not politicizing anything, but if I'm Kyrie Irving and if you look up his his contract, how much money that guy is going to make and he's risking to just take two shots. That to me is big bozo energy. We got to stop giving these guys platforms to spew. And again, he's another one. He's all he's the new Fox uh, News anti-vaccine poster child. And I I don't know if that's where Kyrie Irving wanted to end up after media day. Um, But he's my big bozo energy willing to risk guaranteed NBA lucrative contracts and half your home games uh, because of medical uh, chips being uh, planted in you via the COVID virus or vaccine, <laughs> excuse me. So cune on uh, Kyrie. Cune on Kyrie. Kyle, are you ready? Or no. Yeah, I'm ready, Paulie. Cut your goddamn right. bullshit, bro. <laughs> uh, my big bozo of the week is Amazon games. Yeah, this is a shocker, right? So, uh, Amazon Games recently launched a new video game this week called New World, and they decided to not have enough servers up, which resulted in thousands of people sitting in queue times of six hours long. Uh, and as you can tell, if you buy a $60 game and you have to sit in a six-hour queue to play it, that's not that's not fun. Um, Do you think so, someone actually sat in it for six hours, though? Sorry, uh, No, I don't crazy. think anybody sat in it. <laughs> I know my one friend said he left his game on all night one time just so he could play in the morning. Um, but so my wait, point is – I don't want to cut you off. I just want to make sure our listeners understand it, myself included. Um, was this to download the game or actually just play it? Get in it. Get in it. Oh, good lord. So, they, so to, to, to give you an idea, they have – data of how many people are going to buy it they had pre-orders they had tangible numbers of how many people are going to log in day one and play this game then you just should double it buy double the servers and then load them up and now they had that issue of they undersold it then they had now they're getting review bombed because they did too many serve too few servers now they got to add more servers and then now you just look you look silly you look underprepared so amazon game. Like nba 2k man <laughs> That's my big bozo is Amazon games. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Kyle, you are, you are the gift that will always keep on giving. He sounds so, un- he sounded so uninterested at the end of the year. That, That's my big bozo. <laughs> yeah, 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 fuck you guys. That's my big bozo. Uh, dude, but, I got to monitor my fantasy team tonight. We're going to, we're going to go sweep the league this now. Kyle, you're like 0-12. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's, there's yeah, no I don't know. We've got we've got some weird ass scoring in our league where you can like get two wins a week. I don't know what it's going on, but like Kyle's like you have oh, to six. have higher than you have to have higher than the median average score. You have to score higher than Kyle, and you get a win. Basically, <laughs> did you guys, you guys have seen how like the the numbers never make sense, right? Like my my team is projected to be like a hundred points each week, and then the games are played, and then for some reason you got guys who are featured players. All of it just going two for seven and catching, and you're just kind of like, well, what is your what is your purpose? Why are you here? Listen, at nice. least you didn't take Mike Gusecki in the fourth round. Like that's a that, Kyle. That's a good duck for you. <laughs> that's at least, you, at least I didn't now. trade for Kyle Pitts. Trading for Kyle Pitts makes more sense than drafting Mike Gusecki <laughs> in the fourth round and then starting Tyler Croft over him. 
Like that's yeah, but my my, that's my strategy, both drafting and trading, was sound. Sean's made no sense. I don't know. I look at Sean's team, and I'm just like, what is going on over here? Uh, yeah, I think he looks at the same thing and says the same thing about your team, Kyle. <laughs> Why don't you shut your goddamn mouth? Why don't you shut it, <laughs> filthy whore? <laughs> anyway, that's the that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that's the show this week, Keats. We love you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for giving your heats. Um, it's dark where you are right now, but I can see you smiling through the phone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I love that he's outside doing this. I know. I know. Um, that's, that's good comedy. That's good. Not, not comedy. Good content. Why did I say comedy? I'm lost. I don't know. Paul, this is why you should take over. Um, I'll take over here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, before we end the show, uh, we just want to let you guys know we have a very, very uh, big guest coming on our show next week. Uh, Jets fans, uh, you know her well. She used to be a Jets. We say Jets reporter or Jets host. Is that is that she was she was with the social media team. She did hosting. She did shows. She yeah. did media content and everything for the team. Yeah, Alex I don't remember Giamo. what her exact title was. Yeah, I Jets fan. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Keith. No, go ahead. I was, was going to say, say I, she also uh, um, was uh, EA's number one nemesis. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm. You know, <laughs> We won't get into that though. Maybe she will on our next <laughs> next week's episode. Um, but she was also um, she also worked with the Mets too. And not to you know brag or anything, that she also went to the University of Iowa and was a you know Hawkeyes reporter as well. So. All right, cut the show. Cut the show. <laughs> um, no, but we're really excited to have her on. You know, okay. she she seems very excited to come on next week. It's going to be a fun show. She's going to tell us about you know her journey. Um, what she's doing right now and everything. It's, it's going to be a blast. So I hope you guys tune in and, and listen to it because uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Paulie, yeah. Kyle, Keats, any last words for the people? Um, make uh, sure you're tuning in to everything on the Ascension Podcast Network, uh, not just the podcast that no one asked for. Make sure you're tuning into the Middle Initial Podcast with Andrew L. Case, Jude A. Jackson. Why don't I know Kev's Middle Initial? That's not me. This but, doesn't uh, exist. Yeah, we don't know Kev's middle initial. I Kev Lewis. One. Kev Lewis, also all in with Kev Lewis. It's probably like, Stay- it's probably like something random like Randolph. Maybe he doesn't or have like middle Aloysius. name. It's Aloysius. Maybe he doesn't have middle name. My dad doesn't have middle name. Anyway. Thanks, guys. Thanks for making me sound like an idiot because you two both decided just to be <laughs> no, silent. No. You do that just on your own. Don't worry. No, I said maybe he doesn't have a middle name. My dad doesn't have one. And you just, all three of you were silent and were just like, mm, wow, you're an idiot. Like, cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Um, next week, I'm looking um, forward to having Alex I have one on. last thought I want to add. Oh, God. Can I, can I, finish, can I finish my thought? Guys, it's sound can I advice. My thought? Always wash your hands and flush twice. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So back to what I was saying. And that's our very, show, folks. Very excited to have Alex Jama on next week. I don't get All right, okay. Kyle won't be here next week. Um, that's He's basically fired. my decision. Is this competitive Polly coming out? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye and good night. All right, Keith. You got any last words for the people? Always. Thanks. Uh... Thanks for having me on. I always love being on the show. And to everyone out there, it's not worth arguing about the Jets. Have a fun Max. Sunday. See you guys next. Take care. Yep. Brush your hands. Stay tuned for key teams during the week coming after the Jets loss or win, but more likely a loss. Jack, Jack, gonna try.